We have the one and only Bonneville in studio, ladies and gentlemen. Greetings, y'all. Hey, hey. How are you doing? Man, so good. I feel like we need like a whole other round of that. I mean, that's good. <laughs> that's great. And that's uh, that's a song that dropped this year, correct? Yeah. That's right, yeah. yeah June 24th. Golly, mm-hmm. that's not long ago. Well, you guys, welcome. Thank you for uh, making the time to join us today. Thank yeah. you so much. Uh, so I got Wes across the desk from us. And, um, and tell me your name one more time. Jeff. Jeff. Wes and Jeff. Uh, we met for the first time today. And uh, I'm, I'm like, I've heard the music. I've been listening to, to even the song that's coming out in October. And oh my gosh, people have got a freight train coming their way of soul music. <laughs> is, is that something that you guys have always, uh, is it soul music always been a part of your DNA and making music? Oh man, absolutely. Uh, so many times just rolling around and being a young kid, it was either Otis Redding in my dad's car with our Sam Cooke or Marvin Gaye. He, he really loved sexual healing. My dad was a bit of a, a thing. I don't want to get into it, but you yeah. know, there was definitely a, a, a lot of soul that was going on in the house. All, all, you know, uh, so from from Elvis all the way to, like I said, Sam Cooke. Yeah. Yeah. So how long have you guys been been writing or producing music together? Um, uh, all, almost a year. Almost a year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I. Because I, I find this intriguing in a way that it's. Uh, it's really intelligent. I mean, the the type of style that this takes on, just funk but soul, but all in, full throttle. Yeah, we got a, some southern southern rock kind of vibe in things yeah. too, and it's uh, it's interesting how it all seems to stack up on the same record without being weird. You know. Right. And, uh, but that's who we are. I mean, I've got Wayne Allman was a giant influence of my, my dad and my, my father was a, da- a jazz drummer and put a guitar in my hands when I was 11 so he he's the one who t- turned me on to Muscle Shoals when I was probably about you know nine or ten you know man well see that's it feels like it's got to be something that's um uh, around here it's, well, either, we were it's out, either localized like you were inspired I was by hearing in, it or I you was were in Santa Cruz it. California that's where I grew up really so um so to come out here and at the first moment that I stood at in Fame Studios in that same place that you know Dwayne incubated the Allman Brothers was Real yeah. Now, how how far into to writing or making music did you guys get exposed to others doing that? Maybe going to the studios around here or, or outside. This is well. well our first record we cut here was our first time here in the Shoals. Uh, really. So the first record uh, uh, we brought people in from all over the country. Uh, Ernest Boom Carter on drums, who's um, Bruce Springsteen. He's he's the drummer on Born to Run. Uh, we bought, bought wow. uh, uh, Otis McDonald and um, on bass and Will Blades on keys. And the second one, we use all local talent. Really? Yeah. So I, I heard, I mean, I noticed the, the Springsteen and the big band sound. That's something that I feel like takes a long time of either either guys working together or a long thought process. Because that it, putting that on stage could be nine or ten players in some way, you know? It's Thirteen players tonight. Thirteen players? Yeah. Yeah. So that's happening tonight. That's, that's happening tonight. Be. Yeah, so big show. About putting all those people together, was it something that you guys agreed on mutually that um, that a big band sound is something that, that pushes you forward? That's kind of what defines the sound you're going for. That Exactly. It's, it defines what we call... Does this song is this a Bonneville song? We always kind of like <laughs> lean into it to what we just written. Is, yeah. is this, wall is this, of sound? Wall you know, of sound. Coming yeah. from the Bay Area, I was a huge fan of Tower of Power and Average White Band, and there's love yeah. those walls of horns that they put in there. It just yeah. makes everything sound so expansive. You're right. <laughs> expensive is, is a good way to put it. Bonneville though has its own kind of um, a phrase that has an upper echelon to it. If you Google Bonneville, of course you're directed right to the car, the vehicle, and that song we just heard, '66 Bonneville. Yeah, the 66 Bonneville is kind of a caricature in our music, sort of like CZ yeah. Top had the Eliminator. Right. You know? Do you so. feel like that sound, like that's uh, that's the theme song? That's the song that epitomizes what you're going for? Well, a, a little bit in a way. The reason, the, how we came up with the name Bonneville, we were kicking things at each other like, you know, the Mucky Ducks and this and just like messing around on, <laughs> yeah. on trying to come up with a name for the band. Yeah. 
And Wes sent me a text that said, uh, the Bonnevilles. And I was like, how about just Bonneville? Because, I mean, I love the Pontiac Bonneville. Yeah. There's the Bonneville Salt Flats. I'm a big race car guy. So uh, there's a crater on Mars called the Bonneville Crater. Mm -hmm. And in in its essence, Bonneville means beautiful city and this, yeah. is, this is such a beautiful city that we're in here wow. and we knew that we wanted to make this our musical home mm-hmm. and uh everybody here in this town has just embraced us like family and it's just the um want to give a shout out to the hall family uh rodney yeah. and linda and all the staff at fame yeah. uh, especially chef um west sheffield mm-hmm. our, our engineer and and somebody i consider a dear friend yeah and um uh, it's He's just the collaboration here is amazing. I mean, the, I mean, I, I met Robert Plant last time I was here. He comes <laughs> yeah. walking out of Studio A, and I'm like, "That's Robert Plant." No, yeah. it's not. That's Robert that Plant. <laughs> and the man yeah. is just—he's yeah. such a graceful soul and, and gentle, and kind human being. And mm-hmm. he gave me moments to, to talk about some really cherished stories about my father, who oh, I, I lost when I was 19. Oh, bless and, you. And uh, um, it was just a real special moment. They say never meet your heroes, but this was on a on a different level different basis different level it's in when people pass through like that in a moment like that you're on sacred grounds it's right. like whoa i have to embrace this whatever is happening it's and happening. then spooner came in and spooner came in oh. <laughs> i was like holy yeah. god yeah, it's spooner. yeah so wow oh my gosh so, your experience has been just um it's, it's been really rewarding it's been satisfactory all around with the group then huh it's a childhood dream come true now Getting to the point, did you have you guys been performing together or just had the same no. idea of music? You hadn't performed <laughs> until you started writing the songs. Exactly right. Yeah, I mean, uh, the first time we ever got on stage was impromptu when we were cutting our last record here in May, and we went to Flobama to check out Justin Holder's set. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, okay, uh, okay. And, uh, he's like, "Hey, we just cut this song today with these guys. Come up on stage and play it." And we're, we're like deers in the headlights, like, "Oh my god, really? did he just ask us to do that?" And that was actually the first time we ever performed on stage. What? Yeah. Yeah, oh tonight is going to be the second. So. No way. That's yeah. why. Okay, wow. That's wild. That, that's blowing my mind. Because from what I just heard and what I've been studying, I feel like I had some catching up to do. You know, I was <laughs> like, I was light on my feet getting into this because I thought the sounds of this sounds like something that was really well thought out and has been really well crafted for a long time. And that is, that's in no disrespect to the short term you've right. been working on well, it. Well, we got to give thanks to Tam here and, and her husband, my dear friend and producer um, and manager and wearing every hat possible. Michael Starita. Yeah, uh, they've just got an amazing organization and infrastructure, and it, it's uh, it's really been you know the the, the the gas pedal behind what you're, we're doing yeah. as far as organizing everything. Has there been a, something particular about the music that you found success in that's pushed you forward that you wanted to get across with your collaboration? Like, 100%. This needs to be on stage or this needs well, to be heard? Look, I mean, I don't think any any genre of music brings people together better than soul music does. Boom. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't matter what color you are, what kind of bad day you had, whatever. You get in that show and you start seeing that live performance. It moves you and it brings you together. And... We need that more than anything right now. Yeah, big time. So, um, you know, I think that's that's like, and, and it's because it comes from gospel music, so it's of the light, mm-hmm. and it's just got this connectivity to it. That, yeah. You know, I feel like um, that that's missing, and and I don't know if people are afraid to go back go back in a way, or if they're newly inspired by people who are uh, using a transformative path to make that again. You well, know, it's because also it a takes lot of fun back. to arrange, wouldn't it you is. say? I mean, oh, it's yeah. like you. I've been studying James Brown deeply for years, mm-hmm. and I compare him to Bach, believe it or not, because wow. his organizational structure in the music is very it's it's counterpointed. And compositional, the same way you would arrange an orchestra. Mm-hmm. Everything has to have its little hole to fit in. And yeah. then if you take any one part out of like uh, his songs, it might be just dun, 
that that is nothing. Yeah. But when you start mixing in the horns and the bass and the drums, it's like you have a symphony, a funk symphony. You're right. And, and the way that you mentioned you've got 13 players that are joining you on the stage, every one of those horns or, or, or strings, everyone has a unique role and they right. do their own thing. And uh, it's it's tough to get people together like that, especially in a promising way that's like, hey, paydays, 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 you know. But well, if they really the, love the music, you know. When you got the kind of musicians that you have here in the Shoals, I mean, these are, these are musical geniuses here. And, and you run into one on every corner. You might yeah. be pumping your gas and like that person's just a slaying bass player and you know you Bingo. have no mm-hmm. idea yeah and uh it's kind of like like nashville's sort of like that in a way but and not to knock nashville but nashville is like there's a lot of people from that are in nashville but there's not a lot of people like from nashville because it's the kind of but here right. everybody's got roots yeah so yeah, it's a different vibe. Something different here. You're yeah. right. And, and, and something it, in the water. <laughs> it's it's got to be it because we don't know exactly what to blame, but we know that you know you could be at one of these places or a Robert Plant show up or something. You know, but but I will say what you guys are adding to the nature of soul music is it's really important and it's authentic too. You can Thank hear you. it whether you guys mean it or not. The other well, we definitely mean. <laughs> I mean, I you can't. I don't think you can make soul music without you having some intention. You, you know, gotta it. yeah. it's got to come from the soul, and that's that's where it, that's what it represents. Now, other groups that are really doing some things along the same vein right now. The Sacred Souls. I don't know if you've heard of them. Uh, um, you got St. Paul and the Broken Bones yes, that yeah, are yeah. also blaring the horns. Yep. Are there anybody that, that you've favored and said, ah, you know, they've got a good sound coming into 2022 that's it's got that timeless sense about it? The dip. The dip. Yeah. Dip somebody we got to Honestly, uh, for, for me, uh, I know Wes and I are a little different than this. I, I actually don't listen to too much contemporary music, and that's kind of on purpose because I, mm-hmm. I, I, especially when I'm in a writing phase, yeah. I don't want to be influenced by anything else that's mm-hmm. other than what's in my head. Like and, that. It just uh, belongs to you. It doesn't right. come from what, th- what took them. Don't down get me wrong, promoters out there, we want to bill with those bands. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, you know. it's important. Yeah. On the other, on the other hand, I'm like listening to the Black Keys and like the Alabama Shakes. Yeah, and, you know, is, are there horns in there? No, but uh, the, uh, the Black Keys have really stepped up their funkiness. Yeah, they have. Lately. They really have. And they, yeah. I don't know. They let the, that something in the air, man. Something's in the air. Yeah, the drums, all that. It's going for them. Locally, we've got uh, groups like Coffee Black. They're doing a great. great uh-huh. funk sets and um they've been on the show featured a lot but uh is there anything that um that you can describe that that may be um where you're taking your sound any sound that you can compare to is it more of a frank sinatra would you like to somber down the ballads or or would you want to get given that funk soul energy that you've been given like we heard in 66 bonneville i mean you know our our our, our ballad our ballads kind of have a, a lot more of a southern vibe to them uh really you know kind of uh black crows almond brothers a little bit of skinner and things like that we do have one kind of classic ballad that we did on the first record yeah that's very very old school and that'll be the fourth release yeah really okay yeah. and 2022 was your first release together then yeah. right june so um in that first release i guess that was uh 66 bonneville that was cut at that point right that's when that happened it, yes. what what else came out of, of that session did you were you inspired to go ahead and, and mark the date on on when the next song was coming out or, or did you come up with anything else yeah, I mean, well, we did a cover of "You Left the Water Running." Hey. We, we wanted to do a cover of a, our, our first. Our first album is intentionally very kind of nail on the head, true to form, old school classic R and B. Yeah, know, that's what we were going for there, and um, we wanted to do a cover of a song that was done here, and it was almost it was impossible to pick because it's just it's so legendary. Like, yeah, what are we gonna do? And they're like, we both love Otis Redding so much, and Otis comes from uh, Wes's hometown. Oh man, Augusta, no nearby, near, nearby. Yeah. And uh, um, Tacoma, and, yeah, Tacoma, yeah, Tacoma, and uh, sorry, it's James, Mr. James Brown, Mr. James Brown, <laughs> so brother number one okay. comes from here, so. Augusta, yeah. So, um, 
but uh, you know, we had um, looked and looked and like Otis must have done something in in Muscle Shoals. And I looked and it was like there's one song. And you left the water running. It's got an amazing story. But he was just passing through town. He knew Rick. He stopped in to say hi. Rick's like, "Hey, I'm working on this thing for Wilson Pickett. You want to help me cut a demo?" And <laughs> like so, but, and then when so we went to cut that song. We had just met Rodney and Linda, and Rodney walked through the studio, and we were listening back to, to the he goes, "You know, my dad wrote that song, right?" And we're like, "Oh, great." <laughs> Standards, you know. Like we had to pick that one. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, so we hope we did it justice. Yeah, we no, we yeah. wanted to require. I tuned my guitar. Exactly into where Otis it's out of tune. It's flat. It's it's flat. Oh yeah. wow, really? Yeah, he was flat, but but uh, you know, but not his voice. Interesting. So. <laughs> right. Do you, do you think? Do you do anything different when it comes to preparation, even for I guess getting into the show? Like, do things have to be a little less uh, less perfect than they they typically are? Or you'd imagine they are with big bands, well, like in the studio versus like. Well, no, I mean, playing live versus in the studio, or uh, just generally getting the music across, getting the point across with the sound. Like, because it, it's funny, you get like a lot of sharp and flat sounds that are like, yeah, that is the way well, I need right. to hear. The, and, the dominant seven chord is all about is what the funk's all about. Yeah, you know? but I like I use a lot of varied chord voicings and things like that, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I like to mix it up. I mean, kind of what as we're evolving. You know, we have got, we've got songs that are kind of more of a, you know, uh, uh, post-disco sort of Jamiroquai type of sound. Yeah. Um, we've got some, like, really eerie rock stuff that we've been yeah. working on yeah. lately. Man. So it's, it's going in a whole different direction. Yeah. The floodgates are open. And- but going back to what you're saying about allowing for mistakes to happen is what creates, like, a realness. Something that's very relatable, you know, in a, yeah. in a world of, like, auto-tuned and... Yeah, per- yeah that's not allowed you know, on any of our records. Machine drums and all that stuff. It's just, you know, it, it loses a bit of, like, the essence of le- life, you know? Because yeah. life is about being messy. Yeah. Now, now, are we practicing with perfection? Yes. So you... Because you do have to go through and make sure everything is in line so you can be ready for those moments where you know in jazz you know you hit that wrong note you go to the next note and be like yeah I meant to do that on purpose yeah. so it's okay to say it's jazz when we make mistakes yeah, yeah. that's that's a cool appropriate way to put it too and it's funny you know I'm, 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 it's been shared to me from the guys at fame that, that it's, it's rare that artists come there and that have worked with bands in the room a live recording or a live this session this is the first time that the, this is kind of the new fame gang that's there that's that's our house band yeah. and this is the first time they've gone on the on the road since uh the fame the, the fame gang and the swampers went on the road with traffic wow and it's so it's kind of a big deal i mean we're, our next show is in natchez on october 8th we're yeah. opening for cool and the gang CeeLo green Whoa. and patty labelle <laughs> CeeLo, man. All those cats. Yeah. that's a big deal and in uh, ridgeland <laughs> mississippi um october 22nd we are direct support for government mule and blues traveler whoa yeah. that, that's awesome man I, i'm i'm so honored to to talk to you guys about that and before then you do have another release right You've yeah the next release up? the next release is with shelly fairchild uh she and i co-wrote a song together and uh um that is called get up and get down and it's uh it promote premieres exclusively with Glide Magazine September 28th, and it hits all platforms October 5th. Rodney wouldn't let me have that one. I was mad. I was like, <laughs> man, look, this is, can I just, didn't, no, it's exclusively with these guys, but we'll share it as soon, like that night or something. We'll have it on, and hopefully we can awesome. connect with you and, awesome. and promote that that show coming up the yeah, weekend as well. It's a really cool song about getting your head out of your cell phone and getting up and dancing and paying man. attention to what's right in front of you. 
What's wild the is that that's so good that you you're making a song like that because that's what that's what this the spirit is all about. That's your audience. Wait and till we that, lay boogeyman on them. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah! Wow. So the music is going to be right speaking to the people who appreciate all of that. Now yeah. I think that it finds its people and and you guys are great conduits. You know your space and you you're working with the right people. And do you want to give any shouts to who's on the record behind drums, guitar, bass? Any uh, yeah in yeah. The room? I mean we've got Andy Dixon on bass. We have um, we have um, West Sheffield's coming on stage and playing with us. We have three guitar players up there. We have um, Jay Bowman of Michael Franti and Spearhead. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's he's our lead guitar player now. And um, and then we have uh, Justin Holder on drums. Yep. Yeah. And uh, Cindy. Brad Coon on keys. Yeah, Brad Coon on keys. Brad. Cindy Cindy Walker and Marie Louie doing background vocals for us. Marie's awesome. And Brad Coon, Sarah Morrow, and um, Mark. uh, I forgot his last name going to kill me. But we love you, Mark. Horn. You're a fantastic Mark. trumpet guy. Uh, so yeah. we've got a, a, a killer <laughs> killer horn section. Well, Sarah hey. Morrow is amazing. She she played with uh, she played with um, uh, uh, Dr. John? Uh, she was Dr. John's music director. Wow. In Ray years. Charles. Ray Charles. Man. Yeah. yeah. See, these these folks, it's hard It's hard to, co- on the spot, it's, collect all 13. Do you remember tennis? the dream team from the Olympics? Like, <laughs> yeah, the, it was like, a ridiculous basketball team. Yeah, like, but you Dr. know them. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, but it's hard to, li- I couldn't list them all to you right now. <laughs> you know, it's tough. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, Christian Pepin, too. Uh, he's, he's an amazing uh, um, percussionist. Um, uh, that's from the Bay Area. He came. He came out here to add a little bit of that Latin flair. Really, congas and things in there. Sounds like a lot of lot of names from Muscle Shoals. Anybody else from out of town that you can think of has come here to to make no, some music? In uh, not in this set. No, this, this set. is yeah. This is all all yeah, local. We have some guys except coming for from Christian. San Francisco. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, got yeah. it. Well, uh, let's get it. Let's t- take a step forward next, if you'd like, and, and talk about Hard to Love and what inspired that. I think that was a late yeah. August release or right at the last two weeks of August. Yeah. Getting in about a month old this week yeah it's doing really well too i mean surpassing the first single so i'm yeah. building a head of steam on it it's, um, it's, people yeah. are recognizing yeah, wes and i kind of it's different it means different things to both of us i think you know? really but um wes you want to what's the song about and how well yeah which direction does well, it go in your hearts it is what inspired the song was i watched a um a doc uh, um, a movie uh, called everyone stares mm-hmm. by um uh, uh Stuart copeland from the police mm-hmm and it's really gets to be kind of moving when you what he did is he had a, a little super eight camera with him and he documented their entire career from the time that they were i encourage you to watch it wow uh and and from when they were unknown to when they were arguably probably at that time the most popular rock and roll band in the world mm-hmm. and you see their evolution over that course of time you see them kind of growing further apart because they're getting older they're having children they're getting married but they're now they're superstars and they have to be on the road Mm-hmm. And I was as a as a fairly new dad, you know. My daughter Athena's just turned four. My son Liam's two and a half, uh, and my wife Kit as uh, her first time here now this time. And uh, it's just I was just imagining that must be really hard for the family. That must be hard for the wife and the children to have your dad be this like have this other persona and be gone all the time. Yeah. And you're missing out on the key years. I'm fortunate to be able to work from home, and so I'm with my children all the time. Right, I couldn't yeah. imagine missing that. That's Those the interesting years. thing too, because that that can relate to um, long haul truckers. That can uh, anybody yep. that needs to like anybody that's work got on an oil bread. rig. Yep. If there's anybody that goes and travels the military, around the world you know? for uh, marketing in Japan, like anybody who has to leave family for a long time, it can be, hey, I, I got to get on the move, but I love you. Yeah, but that also know that I love you when I'm gone. Ooh, now is what what? So that hit home for 
for Jeff in a way that, you know, he's, he's a new dad. How did, how did you take that away? Were you an experienced Wes of, of, you know, working away from home or having a desire to not be that for, you know, to be a better man in your life? Yeah. I mean, I've, I was out in Los Angeles for about 18 years and I was away from family for a long, long time. And, you know, after that whole thing that happened for like two and a half years, as we, we know, mm-hmm. the C word. Yeah, <laughs> no, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. Uh, I noticed that a lot of people huddled together and started focusing more on family. And I was like, I need to do the same. Uh, I've been away, you know, uh, chasing some some dreams and, and, and having some success and and I thought, uh, hey, there's a lot of people who passed away during that time, and my parents were getting at a certain age. My brother and sister have had children, and I, I just wanted to be closer to them, you know? And yeah. it was just that, and I felt like I was someone who might be harder to love because of the fact that I've missed a lot of weddings, and I missed some funerals, and a lot of that stuff, it deeply affected me. Yeah, when you were restricted for, to go into those things, yeah, too, it was it's just like, man, at some I'm making time, choices. I might not have had the money to buy, like, a airplane ticket or something like that to go home and, and really share yeah so this this came from the gut feeling of of togetherness and how it, it it can be it can be a choice that's easy for you but also the easy choices can take you to places that that can make others um that can make others at a distance to appreciating you sure Are you harder to love yeah and, so. and then we try to keep it on an upbeat tonality because it is that a deeper message like that mm-hmm. to have that juxtaposition of like hey it's going to be all right yeah, you know I'm all right. Are you all right? I yeah. think we're going to be okay because I love you still. I like, love that. You know, yeah. in three minutes you can really get something across to people that that'll love you forever too. And I, I hope that your families appreciate the sound and the message that comes with it of, of yeah. what Bonneville is. Are they taking it all in the right way? Is it their style of music? All my little girls run around singing the songs all the time. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. man, she's, got, she's blessed with a fantastic ear. She's been humming her own tunes since she was two. Whoa! So, yeah, so she's, she's got a really good pitch too, just like her mom. She she may be natural yeah. then. She uh, may pick I'm it all thinking. up. I'm not going to push it on her, on yeah. her, but you know, she's into it. No doubt. That's awesome, yeah. though. You know, and you, you, and you just when you see that flowing, you know, and you kind of have a sense of certainty. Hey, something could happen, and, and I, I can't wait to watch. That's awesome. Right. Um, for you, Wes, what what did what about Bonneville is heal, healing in your life? Like having this group with this awesome guy that's such a character. Do you feel like it's bringing something to your home life? Absolutely. Well, yeah, home life and uh, just artistic life because I, you know, I. A lot of us may struggle with uh, with creativity sometimes because maybe, if, if, especially if it's your path you've chosen, sometimes it takes a lot of you and a lot of your soul, and, and then it can uh, it's it, it's a um, it can turn on you sometimes. Yeah, you know. So basically, it, it's been like a love hate relationship, and being able to to be with someone who has the creative I mean, the dude's prolific. Yeah. I'll walk, go over to his house like, hey man, I've already written three songs today. I'm like, what? <laughs> And they're all like really fantastic. Yeah, just prolific, well, sort of genius. And Wes, Wes, Wes inspires me too because one of my biggest problems as a writer is I mean I don't I don't particularly care for my own voice, <laughs> and and uh, and and I have like kind of a one vein that like you know I can sing Joe Cocker until the cows come home. That's fine. But yeah. like singing pop music in my first I was on an indie label for for three years uh, with a power trio rock band that I fronted as kind of a Foo Fighters sounding thing. But I don't have that upper tenor that yeah. you kind of need, and the radio wants to hear in pop music. Yeah. You know the, the, so I've always been like extremely jealous of you know, uh, you know, singers like Steve, Steve Perry, and I just have this you know ability yeah. to go up into that range, and that's what I'm writing for. But I couldn't sing it. Yeah. So I've never in my life had someone I can write for his range and be like, oh yeah, we can do this like 
Aretha Franklin style, no problem. He can hit that. That's easy. Whoa, man. I mean, I, I'm not doing Steve Perry stuff, I promise. <laughs> Steve Perry is a next level tenor. That's Jeez, like, dude. that's almost counter tenor, and he makes it look easy. Yeah, I, yeah. I, but I think you're right in the wheelhouse of where you should be. You, you can tell in your speaking voice that you're, you've got a really well, well, very say I have a good radio voice. It's a good radio yeah. voice. It's <laughs> deep, man. Uh, well, both of you, I thank you so much. And tell us anything that we can get excited about about the show tonight because its intentions are good. Of course, the music's good. Yeah. You guys are going to be taking the stage with some incredible players. Yeah, we got Connor. Connor, yeah. Connor uh, is a, so um, we're going to have a um, little meet and greet uh, at the show. The um, doors are at six. Uh, we got an open bar going on from six to seven. So y'all come out and get some beer. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have uh, Connor on at seven. Uh, West Sheffield's on at eight. And then we go on at nine. Man, yeah. I, well, I can be there then. I've got a little something going Excellent. on. You better be. And I'm, I'm there. I was like, we'll sing a song I? for you. All right. I, well, I'm, I'm going to find my way in. Yeah, come back and find us, man. Man, absolutely. And as we're setting up this song, I want to talk to you guys again before the next release. So whatever happens between now and then, performance-wise, announcement-wise, ca- gather just, it all up. We just live down the road. It's a four-hour four and 20-minute drive. And sometimes <laughs> I make it. Sometimes <laughs> if I put the pedal to the metal, I can get here in four hours and 12. So, yeah. Man. It's scary. Yeah. Well, <laughs> both of you guys are, are awesome, awesome dudes. And of course, the the music and the meaning of it, it's, it's all harmonious in your spirits. So I thank you for doing what you do. And I thank you for relentlessly putting out soul music in 2022. Thank you, brother. This is important. And yes, I appreciate is. it. Well, awesome. anybody, anybody who's just catching on, we're talking to Bonneville. And we've just played 66 Bonneville a moment ago. We had a new release that's a month old that we're about to share called Hard to Love. And the next release, October 5th. October 5th. Yeah, Get Up and Get Down featuring Shelly Fairchild. Are you going to put it on stage tonight? Uh, we are not, unfortunately, because Shelly's not here, and we don't want to murder the song. Okay, so. <laughs> okay. But, but a good set, a great set. Oh, yeah. We, well, oh, we got a combination of things from our first album and the second. We already have the second album in the can. We did it in May, so... We're gonna. It's a combination of both those, so people get to hear a pretty comprehensive set, and we're gonna play a new song we just wrote with Andy Dixon and Third album song. Oh third album man! Song is like not even out yet. That's awesome. All right, tonight is when you catch them. That's this evening. Our details are gonna be on our story coming up next. But I'm gonna let you gentlemen introduce the next song before I hit the play button on Hard to Love. Take it away. <laughs> hey everybody, we're Bonneville, and this is Hard Love. up and move, gotta get back on that good groove, hey, I got them tools to move you, don't worry about a thing, you know I'm doing alright, from the darkness of the evening out to the early morning light. Back. Gotta get back to the girl. 